0: Well, one of the blessings, I would say, we have as Catholics is that we have what we call the communion of the saints. We have very formal saints in some regard, individuals who have gone through a process, they've been vetted, their writings have been deemed uh, sacred in a sense, without error, that they contribute something to the life of the church. And then people begin asking these holy men and women to pray for them. And then miracles begin to happen. And then ultimately the person is beatified. They become a blessed. And then they are canonized. They become formally a saint. Kind of this knowledge then that they are with God. And then we have the informal saints that all those in the kingdom of heaven, that they too are saints also. And there isn't that formal process, but as we pray for our beloved dead, we know that they do see that vision of God, and that then they too uh, enjoy the life of the blessed. In our life as Catholics then, sometimes we pick up a devotion to a saint, Maybe several saints. Maybe for a particular moment in our life, we were devoted to one saint. And then that kind of waned a little bit. And then this new saint comes in. It's kind of the story of my devotional life to the saints that certain saints come at the time that I need them. And maybe you have your favorite saint. You could readily tell us something tonight about a saint that you admire. Maybe it's your namesake, so if your name is Thomas, maybe you know the story quite well of St. Thomas the Apostle or St. Thomas More or St. Thomas Aquinas. Maybe you remember your confirmation saint, the one that you selected, and perhaps that saint is near and dear, and you often ask that saint to intercede for you, or maybe you discover a saint at some point along the way, And you begin asking their prayers. Maybe tonight I just want to share a little bit about how I think a person develops or fosters a devotion to a saint. Well, the very first thing is that they need to pick a saint, or maybe better put, allow the saint to choose you. Now, there are sometimes the occurrences where we read something. Maybe you read the diocesan newspaper and There's a story of a saint, and you read it, and you're like, there's something about this saint that's inspiring, and maybe you adopt that one as your intercessor, so you've picked your saint. Maybe if we're unfamiliar with saints, then we begin reading about different lives of saints. Lots of books out there with stories of the saints, and page by page, maybe day after day, we read about those saints And then finally, one of them we pick. We say, this is the saint that I want to know more about. This is the saint that I want to pray for me. So to pick the saint. And then I think secondly, as we pick that saint, well, then we learn more about that saint. For me, for example, earlier this year, I was, well, I was in Baltimore and then I made a drive to Philadelphia, which was two hours away, and Partly because I knew a person that worked at the shrine of St. John Neumann. And so I thought, well, I want to go see that shrine. It'd be nice to have lunch with that friend. I'll drive four hours round trip and I will pray at the tomb of St. John Neumann. Well, as I went to this shrine of St. John Neumann, I learned a lot about this Bohemian saint who comes to the United States, is ordained a priest here begins serving and ultimately is elevated as a bishop and begins to serve as the bishop or archbishop of Philadelphia. They had a little museum there so I went through the museum and I learned again a ton about St. John Neumann and I realized that there was something very special so that was that moment where maybe the saint was choosing me in that moment then I was learning more about him. I acquired a biography of his so I want to read more about that saint, to learn more about his life, and to find what it is in his life that inspires me the most. Also in that book that I picked up about St. John Neumann, part of it's a biography, but then there's an appendix with different letters that he wrote to the people in Philadelphia or different apostolic letters or whatever it is that he authored in his life. So not only can we read a biography, which is a book, something, a book that someone wrote about that saint, but maybe then you decide, I wanna read something that this saint wrote. Lots of saints wrote, wrote books For some saints, they have homilies that are out there and available. If you admire the little flower, St. Therese of Lisieux, and you've learned her story, maybe the next step is to read her autobiography, what she wrote about her own life, which is contained in the story of a soul. So you read something they write. And then maybe as you read that, there's words that, that they write that Quotes that then begin to really stick in your mind, that you begin to allow to percolate and maybe live by. Maybe they become the mantra of your life. Then, as we pick the saint, as we learn about them, as we read maybe something they wrote, well, then we begin asking that saint to pray for us. And we do so maybe by a formalized prayer. For example, when I was at the John Neumann Shrine, I picked up a prayer card, put it in my breviary, and now every day in the morning I pull that prayer out and ask that prayer and pray that prayer, asking his intercession. One of the lines says something to the effect May I have the spirit of St. John Neumann. And then, not only can we ask the saint to pray for us, entrusting our petition or our need, well, then maybe there's some kind of exterior sign that you wear that maybe there's Saint medals or some other sacramental. I know that there are medals, for example, again, using John Neumann, there's a medal of Saint John Neumann. In fact, I had a priest friend from Chicago who was visiting, and for whatever reason, he wears a Saint John Neumann medal. He said, someone gave it to me, and I just have always worn it, and He didn't know much about John Neumann, but he wears that medal, kind of that reminder, well, this saint is praying for me. That's what the communion of saints does. And then there's maybe the the last step of this devotion that I can think of would be to make a little pilgrimage that for me, as I went to St. John Neumann, I was able to pray at his grave He's buried underneath the altar in this Shrine Church in Philadelphia. Just last week, I had the opportunity to go to southern Wisconsin and to pray at the tomb of Venerable uh, Samuel Mazzucchelli, uh, a missionary priest who served throughout uh, the United States, but principally here in the Midwest, especially down south, near Dubuque, Iowa, and he died in Benton, Wisconsin, and there he lays and rests, and that was a very powerful moment of being able to pray at the grave of a saint. But to go on a pilgrimage might mean you see other places that are important or significant in the life of the saint. For example, for Venerable Samuel Mazzucchelli, there was a town that you drove through that he founded one of the churches, that he named the streets after virtues and religious topics. And so it was a a little sense of pilgrimage being where that saint was walking the streets that he walked. The devotion that we have for the saints now is one that we ask them to pray for us as we make our way to the kingdom of heaven. That as they are formal saints, we ask that they help us to make us small-letter saints, so that we might arrive at the gates of the kingdom by the help of their prayers.